Hey, wrestling fans, if you're listening to this, you're listening to the latest episode of the Wrestling Time Machine podcast. Before we dive into the show, Leith and I want to give you a chance to figure out where you can find us on social media. You can follow the Wrestling Time Machine podcast on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the Wrestling Time Machine. You can follow the Wrestling Time Machine podcast on Twitter. The at handle is at W-R-E-S-T-L-T-I-M-M-A-C-H. You can also just search the Wrestling Time Machine podcast on Twitter. You can follow the Wrestling Time Machine podcast on Tumblr. If you want to be a part of the show and let us know what you're watching or what you think of a particular event we're about to watch, you can email the show at Machine at gmail.com. We will read your emails live on the show. You can also donate to the show. You can help support us at Kofi.com, that's K-O-F-I.com, forward slash The Wrestling Time Machine. Want to get some merch for your donation? You can support the show by finding us on TeePublic under BobbyF07. It's all lowercase. We have a couple shirts up there. We always have more uh, coming up. You can leave us a review on iTunes if you want to help support the show for free. That really helps us out. That means more people see us, and that means we get to have more cool guests on. You can also check out the other shows that we do at nerdfixstrangers.com forward slash listen, including Nerdfix Strangers and Pokemon Mind and Body. Leah, where can people find you on the internet? You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, both of those are now at Leith underscore Gray. That's L-I-A-T-H underscore G-R-E-Y. Mm-hmm. I have a uh, silly toy blog, the Dinosaur Toy Adventure on Instagram as well, dinosaur underscore toy underscore adventure. And if you are interested and you search Leith Gray on Amazon, I have two short stories available at the moment, uh, Talia and Anna's Obsession. They're a dollar apiece. And that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> so check those out. You can follow me on Twitter at Space King Bobby. You can also follow me on Tumblr at Space King Bobby's blog, Space King Comics. And I think with that, I think we can start the show. Good evening, wrestling fans, and welcome to the latest episode of the Wrestling Time Machine podcast. This is your captain, Leith Gray. Uh, Bobby is out sick this evening, so it is just me and our guest, the Boar. Boar? Hey, that's me. <laughs> it's equivalent of uh, putting Chewie in the uh, co-captain's, co-pilot seat, so uh, you'll be my Han Solo, and uh, we'll get through this. Yes. Sounds good to me. I make uh, a pretty good Han. Though I don't, wait, I, what's up? I need, I need a vest, apparently. I have the boots. We're good with that. 
I should probably grow some body hair if I'm going to be chewy, but eh, I don't think that's in the cards. <laughs> be like a modern wrestling chewy. A metrosexual chewy. <laughs> that's me, the boar. Um, but yeah, welcome everybody. Uh, we're going to be talking about some ECW wrestling from November 1995. Uh, it should be a, uh, I hate using the word interesting, it should be a peculiar episode as Bobby's not here. Uh, Leith is going to lead us uh, through the month of November 1995 for ECW, and I'm going to try to not take a hot steamy dump all over ECW um, and not let my pro New York allegiances and my pro Atlanta allegiance uh, come out too much. So sorry in advance at Joe Sposto. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be a hardcore episode. We're going to like verbally throw thumbtacks at each other. Do we get the uh, explicit little E by this episode? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> we can do what we want. Bobby's not here. Yeah, H yeah. Alright. <laughs> H-E double hockey sticks. Oh. Yeah, you heard me. <laughs> um. So. Before we, oh, go ahead, go ahead, Captain. <laughs> no, go ahead. Uh, before we dive in, uh, we did get one uh one major reply on Twitter when asked for any questions or comments, and uh, that is at Calix PW. Uh, Leith, what did uh, Big Calix have to say? Big Calix. I think I did that justice. That, that says it all. That's pretty good. So uh, thank you, Big Calix, for your question, comment, and concern. Uh, you've been heard, and um, we will carry that with us. I hear he has really nice T-shirts for sale. They will keep you warm in wintertime, I've been told. It's a, it's a good selling point. Yeah. The stickers do not keep you warm in wintertime, just so you know. So buy a T-shirt instead. These these are all things I have been I've been told by by Big Calix. Oh, I don't understand how he's able to keep the merch on the shelves with uh, uh, this kind of sales pitch. All right, exactly. It won't be there uh, for long, so <laughs> step well, up, kids. Something that will be with us for long, courtesy of the award-winning WWE Network, is ECW Hardcore TV. Uh, so, uh, starting with the beginning of the month, we are at the November 7th, 1995 episode, if you care to watch on the award-winning WWE Network, but we're going to, uh, hit the highlights, hit the matches, and then, uh, any angle developments and notes, uh, we are using our own personal knowledge, um, from watching ECW, uh, I'm also using WrestlingRecaps.com to help me out, because I have wrestler brain, and of course, uh, at Space King Bobby, uh, as always, has in-depth, in-detail notes. Um, so thank you uh, to the big captain for that. Um, Leith, you ready to, ready to go? Yeah, I mean, I guess so, unless there's anything else you want to discuss before we jump in. Any Anything going on that we, we should know about? Any upcoming matches or that before... Um, I'll hit that anything. at the I'll hit it at the end. All right, all right. Make people wait. <laughs> so you better listen to all of this. Or just out. skip to the end. But don't, no, come no. on. That's terrible. Uh, I'm sorry. Listen to us talk. We're fun. I'm sorry. I have adult beverages that are 
starting to rot my brain, so this oh. should get really interesting really fast. So, okay, ECW, November 1995. <laughs> Do you want to read the first set of results, sir? Uh, sure. For our matches, we have uh, JT, I'm going to say at JT Smith, I don't think that's accurate. <laughs> we have JT Smith versus El Puerto Ricano. We have Hack Myers versus Dances with Dudley. Um, we also have Rocco Rock versus Too Cold Scorpio. And we also have some promos to close out the show. Um, but those are our main matches. And then we'll dive in with uh, what happened during these matches and angle development. Ah, yes. Now, getting into it, uh, it's important to note, I don't know if you've seen the previous stuff with uh, J.T. Smith, any of the, the episodes prior to this. Yes, I'm pretty familiar, actually, with J.T. Smith. He's okay. one of the few ECW people who I get, I understand, and I'm with. All right, so for those of you who haven't, he had a a very nasty bump in his first match with ECW where he got a nice goose egg on his head and then somehow that got worked into his his whole being so now he thinks he's Italian and he is clumsy as heck so he's constantly like falling into the ring he works sort of sloppy but it's like all part of just who he is now that he's injured himself horribly I guess so that kind of a works its way into this match with El Puerto Rican. You know, I think he like trips on the way to the ring. He <laughs> he he still does all these Italian like stereotypical gestures and pronunciations and yeah, it's good. It's good stuff. <laughs> he's he's he is honestly quite the showman, and I'm really surprised that. Uh, in a time of talent acquisition, as was 1995 and 1996, and even 97, um, he did not end up in WCW or WWE. Um, I don't know if that was a personal choice or if they just weren't interested, but um, I'm really surprised he didn't he didn't, uh, he didn't see greener pastures um, because I was highly entertained uh, with his work here. Um, really a fantastic enhancement match. Um, El Puerto Ricano was uh, kind of a quote-unquote, underneath talent for ECW. Uh, but it really worked here. Um, they had a pretty decent match, and it did a job of establishing J.T. Smith's uh, character and made El Puerto Ricano look, uh, look plucky. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because it's like... The fact that J.T. could make being kind of clumsy work for him shows that he actually has, like the skill to, to be sloppy on purpose without actually hurting right. anyone. <laughs> right. Not not everyone has that capability. No. Some people are just sloppy because that's how they are. Yes. Yeah. And then this leads to just Sandman beating the crap out of everybody because he's <laughs> angry he lost the title and it's just his way of dealing with it, I guess. He's, he's a very angry Sandman. Nah, I'm the Sandman. That's uh, my Sandman. Really? That's my Sandman. <laughs> Tyler. Man, I should have stuck with my original plan to do a shot every time. So oh I did yeah. <laughs> impression. Yeah. I don't know if I have a ton of impressions on this show, but uh, I do have a Sandman and maybe a Raven. We'll see how I'm feeling. Okay. I look forward to it. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um. We got Hack Myers 
the defeating Shaw, Shaw of ECW defeating Dances with Dudley. Uh, low key, my favorite Dudley. Really? Yes, I actually love Dances with Dudley. His... Uh, some stereotypical uh, native <laughs> actions and behavior by Dances with Dudley that uh, were acceptable in the 90s and Not we've so had much cultural now. shifts. Yeah. Right. Uh, but being that this is in a time capsule, I was highly entertained. Um, that's about all I got really to say about this contest. You yeah, I mean, else? Over, overall, this match was really just another excuse for the Sandman to come out and beat some more people. <laughs> like, I feel like the the match overall was like, it was a nice little showing. You get two people on the card, but it's it's more about the Sandman just being incredibly angry at everyone. So, right. Yeah, he comes, um, he comes out again and just beats the crap out of these guys now. Why yeah, not? And, I, <laughs> and I don't know if this is if this is the first time like this has happened in ECW where somebody just comes in during a bunch of matches to disrupt them or at the end to beat everybody up. But I immediately thought of the Raw where Undertaker comes out and it's just chokeslamming people and tombstoning people like literally like after every match for an hour, and I love that. And so I wonder if that's where. Uh, Maybe Vince Russo drew inspiration for that from this episode. It's very possible. It seems like th- there's going to be a lot of things that we'll see, especially like coming up with like Stone Cold and stuff that you'll see like shades of the like like mm. future <laughs> within ECW. It was it was very I think inspirational to a lot of different companies and that since its existence. They did a lot of things Absolutely. wrong, but when it came to like <laughs> <laughs> storytelling and and all of that, they did things very very right. <laughs> well, we'll definitely see more of a uh, one Steve Austin later. Um, but next up, we've got a pretty dope match between Rocker Rock and everybody. Here comes Two Cold Scorpio. <laughs> oh man, yes, yes. No, it was How'd a really you- good match. <laughs> How'd you like this? What? How'd you like this match? No, I enjoyed it quite a bit, actually. I'm not a huge fan of, like, Rocco Rock and, and all that, but um, I love Too Cold. I mean, how can you not? He's fantastic. He's the man, like, still to this day, Too Cold Scorpio. Um, he could still bring it, and that was, like, he was yeah. King of Trios that... How long ago now? It was a few years ago. That was three or four years ago, and... He's still out here at certain independent shows making the thing happen. Um, yeah, dude, dude is a legend. Uh, hopefully, he'll be a WWE Hall of Famer soon. Um, that's my prognostication. Um, and Rocco Rock is somebody I feel like when he wrestles by himself, he he like the bar is set pretty low, and then he jumps way over it, mm-hmm. and then. So, like, the bar is established at being high because, like, oh, Rock of Rock's, like, really good. He's the man. He's doing all these things. And then he teams with Johnny Grunge, and, like, you get regular public enemy, and then the bar immediately comes right back down. Right, like, right. He, for any sports fans out there, Rock of Rock plays to his competition. Like, when Rock of Rock is in a singles match, he really brings it. When Rock of Rock is in a tag match, and he can kind of sandbag it a little bit, not necessarily, like, not going up for suplexes and stuff like that, but... Kind of not hustling, dragging behind a little bit. Um, it's like he, he knows when he needs to, to bring it. Right, right. And unfortunately, I think too many times 
public en- enemy were probably in situations where they didn't have to bring it as much as they could. And so for me, I never really enjoyed public enemy like once the bell rang. Yeah, they got um, uh, something about them. I just never fully like sat with me. Like of like, they're there, they're fine, they do what they do, but it's like nothing about them is like, oh man, I can't wait for this public enemy match. Like, I just don't have any of that right. towards them. So like seeing like, oh, it's gonna be Rock or Rock. It's like whatever. But then it's like, oh, too cold. Well, he's good. So. I expected it to be a decent match. I don't think I was thinking it was going to be anything as even as good as it was. Like I don't think I was expecting it to be quite up to those like standards. So it was kind of nice to see it. But like yeah, you said, that's kind of just how Rock O' Rock is. Um, I have to look up something here for In Your House Three. So yes, this <laughs> match, uh, this match was for. Uh, we failed to mention it was for the tag titles yes. and the television title at the same time. Yeah. So and so two Cor- Scorpio wins, so he's now the he retains the TV championship, and now he is the tag champions. All by himself. Yes. Thus christening himself two gold Scorpio. <laughs> so good. Yeah, this is this is a money character. Um, I wish we would have got more of this run with two gold Scorpio, because um, I really think it had some some legs to it, as we see now on the indie scene where naturally everybody has three or four titles, and <laughs> it's like the coolest thing ever. Like here's two gold Scorpio uh, doing the thing, making it happen, and uh, nobody has done it any cooler since. This is very true. Um. We also have, after the Two Gold Scorpio match, uh, we've got Beulah interviewing Todd Gordon. Oh, you're skipping ahead a little bit. Oh, a little bit. Okay, okay go so ahead. So we got to go over um, the fact that Salmon comes out to congratulate Two Cold, and Two Cold's just like, hey, you know, the, the gold is too heavy. So he asks Salmon at that point to be his, his tag partner and is a tag champ with him. So Salmon just gets handed a title just for the heck of it, I guess. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you're gonna be you're gonna be one half of the the tag team champions now. So now they have a chance to to win even more gold. So they they could get um tag ta- the tag championship. They could have the TV championship and the world championship. Uh, full on two man power trip. Yeah. Now, yeah, one thing, <laughs> one thing that bugged me, one thing that bugged me about this is uh, back in 2002, people still cry about to this day. Uh, recently on one of Conrad Thompson's podcasts, where Triple H was just handed the World Heavyweight Championship, the big gold belt, mm-hmm. and people still have a problem to it with this day. Whereas here. And everybody's beloved ECW, the Sandman, <laughs> is just given a title. And I've never heard anybody complain about it. That's because that is just... If it was anyone but the Sandman, they probably would. But the Sandman's character so often just lucks into these situations <laughs> that it's just... It's completely believable that this would happen for the Sandman. Like, the Sandman reminds me of, like, that guy who lives down at the beach, and he just takes, like, that metal detector, 
and he just happens to find like buried money, valuable jewelry buried in the sand, and that's how he makes his living. Just make it even lazier than that. He's the guy that stands there as the lot, like winning lottery ticket just floats into his hands. Like that's who the Sandman is. I got the winning ticket. <laughs> like he does not even like need to do anything. <laughs> uh, do you have any other notes about the show? Uh, let's see. Oh, the winner faces Mikey if he still has a title. Um, by. After November to Remember, I believe. If I'm reading that correctly, yes. Do you hear that? Or just I, I think the match might happen at November to Remember. The 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 match between Mikey and Rey Mysterio Jr. Correct. I can't remember. Oh, you're terrible. I am. Wrestle brain is real. (laughs) Wrestle brain is very real. I have. I just old. Whatever. Old old lady brain. We'll get to it. But yeah, there's going to be more chances up ahead with more, even more gold at stake. So always fun. You have anything to add to that before we move on, sir? Not really. Um, a pretty decent episode of ECW Hardcore TV. Um, I know there's a Tommy Dreamer promo, like, kind of towards the end of the episode. Um, the, the award-winning WWE Network has dubbed it uh, ECW Pulp Fiction. Um, yeah, we'll get to Tommy Dreamer promo, so I'll save it for later. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we'll just leave it there for now. Um, yeah, you got. I mean, we're gonna have some some crap coming up with Bill Alfonso and Todd Gordon and, and Beulah McGillicuddy, of course, because whatever reasons. Bill's just nasty and a horrible person, so. He's, uh, Bill, he's one of those heels that, like, I just legitimately hate. Like, I don't, he could be the nicest guy in the world, but I'm always going to hate him because he's Bill Alfonso. Very effective, very effective heel. Yes, incredibly so. Right down the middle, Daddy. Yeah. Love that as a kid. Uh, and by kid, I mean now. So, are we ready to move on to the November 14th episode? Oh, I suppose we could do that. <laughs> All right. What do you got for us on November 14th? Well, we're over, oh, gee, the ECW arena in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, because for some reason that's where ECW happens. <laughs> we have a tag match between Conan and Rey Mysterio Jr. De- defeating La Parka and Psychosis via Countout, and then a singles match with Tommy Dreamer with Terry Funk defeating Cactus Jack with Raven. So we start with a fully promo, and then Mikey Whipwreck is like a son to him, and he was so proud when he won the title, but of course the fans ruined it for him, and he'd rather watch TBS, because that, <laughs> that's where we're at right now. <laughs> uh, Foley, Foley is a great promo, my goodness. He really is. I think this is some of the best promo work of his career oh, in East sure. For sure. He has some of his like real real classic promos are are there so for those of you looking to to up your promo game check it out it's good uh inspiration just don't fully copy it because that's lame (laughs) and we will call you out and make fun of you so without question (laughs) 
So then, um, where are we at? Uh, Tommy Dreamer promo. Right. He's just... Ugh. A Tommy Dreamer promo. <laughs> where he looks into the camera, and he has his head down, and he's trying to make evil eyes. Oh, my gosh. Just... It was never... Tommy Dreamer, excellent person. Met him a few times. Way nicer to me than he had any reason to be. I'm strictly talking about my enjoyment of the Tommy Dreamer character in ECW. There was none. Yeah, I feel like they... I don't know, it's like almost like they went the, the wrong way with him. Like, they were kind of confused as to who he was. That's always the, the vibe I got. Like, he was kind of, like, supposed to be, like, the jock pretty boy, but then also likable, but then, like, st- still tough and hardcore somehow. I don't know. I got... I yeah. always get confused. And he can't... Yeah. He has, like, that natural, like, puppy dog look. So it's very hard for him to look menacing or, like, angry or mean. <laughs> right. Like, you just always are just like, aw, Tommy. <laughs> like, like, come on. I, I, I want to give him a hug because I don't really think he's, like, that upset. He just needs a hug. Yeah, like, exactly. He, he's a like, child who needs comforted. And that's how I feel about Tommy Dreamer. Yeah, and it's it's literally, it's nothing he could even, like, do to change that unless he, like, like maybe if he wore sunglasses, because he had you have to cover the eyes, because it's the eyes that yeah. like you just want to pat him on the back and like give him a cookie. Call him champ. That's okay, champ. <laughs> You'll get him next time. Yeah, exactly. Which makes him like he's a good face for that reason, but it's the character they kept trying to like portray with him never really came across. I think because of that. Right, like whenever he's getting sympathy during a match, he's selling off the charts. Fantastic. But as far as like when he's cutting a promo and he's trying to be intense and he's trying to be hardcore, that I don't buy. No, it's impossible. Like that's where they lose me. Yeah. But that's with 20 plus years of retrospect. And maybe I'm being a little unfair. But it is what it is. And it was what it was. And it was not for me. <laughs> I, I still enjoyed him in ECW. It just the promos were like, like I got where they were going with it, but it didn't resonate in the way I think they wanted it to. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a great way to put it. So yeah, then we have the our Tommy Dreamer versus Cactus Jack match, and we get Terry Funk out. I don't know uh, if you know this. I I know people hate on Terry Funk, but I love him. Why? I love him to death. He, I wish he was my like granddad. Cause I just like the fact that he was like this super like technical guy and was just like, you know what? Instead of retiring, I'm gonna go hardcore and just beat people with like barbed wire and crap. Like that's just insane. Like he's crazy, and I absolutely love that. <laughs> okay, so you're not wrong in that reason, not at all. Um, he, he did make an adjustment late in his career and he was able to totally reinvent himself and add on another 25, 30 years onto his career by becoming hardcore. So. Which usually people do to, and take off years. Like how, like how does this happen in reverse? Like you usually, like you'll see guys go from hardcore to being like, no, I'm going to be technical now because it's safer. And he did the reverse of that and still had, like, 
this insanely long career. Like, he'd probably still go out. Does he still go out? He probably does. He's no, crazy. Not, not anymore, but he, I mean, <laughs> definitely in, in, the, in, the, in this decade, like, he was still still making shots, I believe. So, um, he's not too far removed from actual retirement, which would be the 37th Terry Funk retirement. <laughs> but not sure who's keeping count anymore. Yeah, I was talking to uh, my, my hairdresser and trying to explain, like, wrestlers don't actually retire like it's just not a thing they'll say they're retired and they'll come back in like a year like it's fine right like i do not expect any retired wrestler to actually stay retired no how i always read retirement is uh it's like the end of a movie for me or it's like okay like that movie was good like toy story one two and three fantastic <laughs> structure toy story three that was it that's retirement and then anything after that it's just bonus like i don't I don't take away from Toy Story 3 because I thought Toy Story 4 was kind of hot garbage. <laughs> it's just bonus. And if there's stuff I like from it, like Sporky, or Forky, excuse me. Is that his name? Forky? Sporky? Was that Fork's name? Forky? Yeah, acting like I don't remember. seen it. Okay. Okay. He is like, a spork, I think, right? Okay. Like, <laughs> I think so. But, like, I like him. And I'm like, okay, so, like, I'll take that away from the movie. Like, I liked that. I enjoyed that. That's bonus material. Everything else, like, not for me. But I, I won't use it to discredit the rest of the franchise. It's just bonus. And that's how I always view uh, wrestlers coming out of retirement. It's like, he came to an end. Anything after this point is just bonus. Right, right. It can't, it can't be used against you. It's it's like a bonus question on a tester quiz. Yeah, like, it's not a bad thing for a wrestler to come out of retirement. I just expect it, blind rage. <laughs> and then, like, in the, in the real world... How many people retire from a job and then pick up a part-time job or, oh, uh, I watch my kids now? Like, nobody just retires and, like, does nothing. Like, that's very rare. People find something else to do, whereas with wrestlers, like, what they know how to do is wrestle. So they might wrestle less frequently or they might go somewhere else and do other things that don't involve being in the ring necessarily. Or maybe they still come back at another promotion and continue working. Yeah. Just maybe not going as hard as they did before. Wrestlers are people, too. And as long as they keep sending those gimmicks in the mail called bills, daddy's got to make money. This is true. I don't make any money. I don't I do not do any. I literally make zero dollars an hour or a year. But I do a lot of work. <laughs> Sounds maybe, like you're in the business. Maybe one day. <laughs> Welcome to wrestling. Yes, yeah. Well, I guess that's what happens when you're a goblin HR liaison and an intern. <laughs> I get paid in knowledge and occasional Pop-Tarts. It's fine. It's all good. <laughs> Some people might envy that position. Yeah, I'm not complaining. I just think it's funny. And my mom yells at me a lot. <laughs> but that's about it. Some so things anyway. don't change. <laughs> Moving um, on. <laughs> we've got we've got Tommy Dreamer talking some more again. It yeah. never ends. They basically just intersplice the the Tommy Dreamer promo into the match with Tommy Dreamer versus Cactus Jack, and Cactus is just trying to make the match just terrible, like on purpose because he wants to make the fans angry, which is always fun. So it's just it's kind of it's it's a weird watch. 
because it's like I know it's bad on purpose, but it's still bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and again, like we talked, we talk about adaptability. Um, whereas Mick Foley has this really technical background, um, but changed his style to what we know now and what we remember Mick Foley for being because that was what was going to get him noticed and that's what nobody else was doing. Mick Foley could have gone out there and been another wrestler and worked in a side headlock. Um, not that I'm one to complain about working a side headlock, but wrestlers often know how to wrestle more than one style, but they find their style that connects with the audience and gets them exposure and gets them talked about. And that's what they do. So I really like seeing the side of McFoley that we re- usually don't get to see. Uh, seeing him work a headlock and seeing him work holds and stuff like that. I thought it was pretty refreshing. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's just like I love that he's just like, I'm going to make this horribly boring. And it's just, I don't know. The whole idea is very, very fun. Yeah, this is a home run. Without it being fun. Like, it's it's so, it's such an odd match, like. It's it's worth a it's worth a watch just to see like the the full on like psychology of it with him trying his hardest to just anger the fans and make everyone miserable. Put on a Dory Funk match, basically. <laughs> and then, um, of course, we have Raven out watching everything that's happening because he's always got to be involved wherever Dreamer is and all that. Mm-hmm. Foley gets in an argument with Hat Guy at some point for reasons we'll never know. <laughs> but it's just, yeah, it's a it's a weirdly solid match. And then uh, chaos ensues, of course. And, and yeah, he basically like Cactus says he's injured and declares the match a no contest and <laughs> just like drive safe everybody, support the Turner family tomorrow night and <laughs> off he goes. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> love it. Yeah, and they're basically like, uh, no, no, this is not no contest. Like get get your butt back here. <laughs> like you gotta actually have this like match. So, it's just freaking hilarious. Like, just basically just uh, Cactus Jack taking over the the whole thing, doing his all his nonsense, and then more more insanity. You got Raven involved. You have Funk involved. I think Stevie gets involved. Mm-hmm. It's like your usual ECW like chaos ending. Right. And then somehow Dreamer wins. Because Tommy Dreamer always wins somehow. But he also Dreamer, he loses a lot though. Dreamer must pose. That's how I feel. <laughs> I feel like Dreamer is always always up and always doing the pose and always ECW blah 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 die for this yeah yeah yeah. Anyways, uh, we get a a Dudley's promo talking about November to remember. Uh, dances with Dudley, Big Dick Dudley, Bubba Ray Dudley. Uh, This is the very early beginning of Bubba Ray Dudley's character. Um, Again, something else you could not get away with in 2019 or 2020. Um, Shouldn't try for the stuttering gimmick. 
but again, different times, time capsule, 1995. Uh, it got him noticed, and it connected with the crowd and made for some entertaining promos. Yeah, it was uh, fun for the time period, for sure. It just the stuttering, and then all of a sudden he would speak brilliantly, and then it was just like... Like, everybody loves that, like, juxtaposition of of language. Yeah. It's like he can't say something basic, so he has to say it in a much more complicated manner. I think in this one he speaks Spanish as well. Yeah. He, he announces, like, just fine in Spanish without stuttering. <laughs> like, it's just silly. It's silly and fun for for the t- 90s. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, we've got some other references. We got some other wrestlers talking about November to Remember, yada yada yada. Uh, the main thing here is we get to a match with Conan and Rey Mysterio Jr. versus Psychosis and La Parka. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. This match bangs hard. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely starred this one. This was like my, I think of all of the the shows that we've watched for the entire month, this was my favorite match out of all of them. This is right. This is my favorite TV match. I'll say that. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, nothing can touch Brett Diesel, in my opinion, this whole year. But sure. this is this is right. <laughs> this, as far as free TV goes, this is it. Yeah. This like, match. Like I feel like I should down. have been paying for this. <laughs> even clipped down to a little less than eight minutes on the award-winning WWE Network. Uh, <laughs> this match is ridiculous a lot of things happening a lot of things don't make sense uh even given my somewhat uh moderate knowledge of lucha lucha libre like i'm seeing things that just don't make sense things are happening uh i um recently start becoming friends with a luchador from texas named la illusion so he's been trying to like explain proper lucha libre to me and like how like the the matches go and the whole layout for like like a card for like an actual like lucha libre show not an americanized one I'm just like, right like it's it's so crazy how like it can be like wrestling can be so different a completely different like yes. form of art yeah and it's just ah, it's so fun to watch when it's like like, I'm used to Americanized Lucha Libre, but, like, to see, like, truer Lucha Libre is just so, like, unique. It's, like, its own, yes. it's its own beast completely. Right. You have to almost put all American psychology and what you know of wrestling, like, out the window. Yes. Because yeah, um, it's, like, it's just, it's a different being. Totally. It's a different being, and it, it's almost, the story of every match is almost momentum. It's it's who has the momentum, who's moving faster, and yeah, it's just different. As my Spanish teacher would say, it's not better, not worse, just different. Yes, definitely. It's like um, it, it's definitely it definitely has a feel like it's all about the the speed and the pacing and everything's pretty like tandem and just crazy fast paced maneuvers that like it's almost hard to like keep up with to a certain degree 
Right. Like when it really like when these matches really take off, it's just like overload for the brain. Like you almost have to watch them like twice. Yeah, and that's where this tag match got to like on that level, like mm-hmm. almost immediate rewatch of just how ridiculous this match is. If you like, if you've never seen this version of Laparca, if you're just used to like ECW come out dance on a chair. Laparka, which is also awesome. <laughs> like, check out this Laparka. Uh, he is in here making Rey Mysterio look like an all-star, which Rey Mysterio is at this time, but Laparka is really here basing for Rey Mysterio and doing his best. I'm not big on Conan or any of his matches. Um, another guy, highly entertained by him on the mic, but when it comes to the bell ringing, um, checked out. But Conan here is actually pretty motivated. Yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of like everybody brought their, their A game for this match, it felt. Yeah, like, I'm pretty convinced that Conan had this match and then proceeded to coast for the next ten years in America. <laughs> He's like, I don't have to work that hard? Um, okay. <laughs> but... <laughs> uh, I'm just going to manage everybody's contracts dream. and take money. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, I think but, even uh, Psychosis uh, gets bloodied during this chaos. Yeah, yeah, Psychosis gets bloodied, and I think Laparka, um, I think you can see some blood coming down from him as well. Um, but yeah, this is this is a pretty brutal match. These guys are going all out. Um, credit yeah. to them. Uh, a lost classic, in my opinion. A lot of people talk about the match from November to Remember, or yeah, November to Remember that we'll discuss. Uh, that involves Rey Mysterio and mm-hmm. another match with Rey Mysterio and uh, Hoovy. But to me, this match is right up there with all those other Lucha Libre classics that ECW put on. Yeah, it's it's a really, really fun watch. There's, and it, it, it's crazy for me to say this because it's like I'm the, the anti-suicide like suicide dives and anti-flippy-doos and all that, but this is worth watching. <laughs> Despite all and I that. think we just became best friends. <laughs> yeah. But Maybe. yeah, I mean this this is all that done done very well with the hardcore flavoring. Um, can't say enough good things about this. Um, and we'll be gushing about this for the next like hour. Like it's so good. Basically. <laughs> uh, and then we get some highlights of. Uh, past November to Remembers, I talked about this on uh, the Final Wrestling Place podcast, but I did not realize that November to Remember was essentially ECW's WrestleMania. Okay. Um, that, like, until I think I watched the 1997 November to Remember, and that's when I realized, like, oh, like, this is, like, their their event. This is their tentpole event. Mm-hmm. Um so, I mean, going into November to remember, they're doing a pretty decent job of building up, like, going to the ECW arena to go check it out and um, kind of getting you hyped to, like, buy the tape when it comes out as well. Yeah, I would say so. It's it's interesting because it's, like, they always... Um, I like that they kind of, like, go over, like the history to a certain degree of like look at all this crazy stuff that happened previously so you definitely want to catch this one out catch this one as well right which is always a nice touch if you would like you can uh, hit us up with those results and we'll dive into November to Remember alright let's do that right here Uh, November to Remember 
in the year 1995. Let me pull up the matches here. Do 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 do. Results. Uh, we got Don E. Allen and the Broad Street Bully fighting, and I think it was Don E. Allen had the numbers 499 on his backside, and it looked like a like a harshy, as I like to say, it looked like a bad word. <laughs> um, and I was today years old when I put together what it was. Um, but this match is basically uh, an excuse to get the Dudleys out there. Uh, especially Bubba Ray Dudley. He comes out. He's in a tuxedo jacket. It's very kind of Chris Farleyan uh, as far as his yeah. prancing around and his showmanship. It To me, it stays a little too long. Uh, it wore out its welcome. But uh, Bubba Ray, this eventually morphs into an ECW-style match with Bubba Ray Dudley, uh, along with all the other Dudleys defeating the Broad Street Bully. Uh, do you have anything to add to the, those happenings? Oh, it just it cracks me up. Like, the whole um, the tux over the, uh, the tie-dye and overalls and then... The fact that, like, Bubba gets a three count and wins the match that he wasn't in. <laughs> and, like, right. if this happens a lot in WCW, oddly enough. Like, we, we see that fairly often throughout. I mean, it's happened even in WWE. Like, it happens, but it's just, yeah. like, it's more acceptable in ECW. <laughs> Right, and I'd even argue like ECW's placement of it is better, whereas like it's usually a finish for a Ric Flair match in WCW with like Arn Anderson coming down and getting pinned in a match he wasn't involved in, and mm-hmm. like that's how WCW gets themselves out of like Flair taking a loss. Whereas here in ECW, like they're taking the formula and just doing it with opening acts and getting them over even more. Right, right, and then. Just that, like, Bubba's not even excited that he won this match he wasn't in. He's just so upset that they ruined his uh, ring announcing debut. Yeah, and and Bubba trying to get over his <laughs> speech impediment uh, is the main the main thing in play there. Yeah. Uh, next, we've got Conan <laughs> going up against Jason Knight. Yes, that Jason of ECW. Um, but we have a special referee. The I guess newly minted human suplex machine Taz. Oh, I think uh your lineup and mine is different. Sorry. Oh, okay. go ahead. We'll go through your lineup. What okay. do you have? I have a. Nope. Never mind. You're right. Mine got all like mixed up. Okay, I see where we're at. Sorry. That's all good. All good. Editing, please. Um, what do you have next? Yeah, no, we're good. We're at the the Conan defeating Jason with Taz as the special guest referee. He's back from his neck injury and all that. Yes. And this is the reinvention of Taz, uh, getting away from the Tasmaniac character, which took him so far, and becoming Taz that we know and love today with one Z. Unfortunately, he does not have two Zs yet. So just one Z, he's got a little little ways to go before he earns that second Z and into our hearts forever. <laughs> I love Taz. He has grown on me as time has gone by. I've really started to appreciate his work more now than I did uh, when I was younger. Never really was a big Taz fan. Um, 
other than like saying Tazplex and like capture Tazplex and all the different ways to say Tazplex. <laughs> I, I think. Um, but yeah. Um, what I always liked about Taz is the same thing I like about like Samoa Joe is that they're not massive guys, but their presence is so massive. Right, they play and, big. Yeah, they like walk in and you're like, this guy is gonna kick somebody's butt and it's gonna be amazing. Right, it's and it, it right, it's not gonna be like a merciful uh, slaughter. Like, right, someone someone's head is getting ripped off. It's gonna be Mortal Kombat style. It's it's gonna be brutal. Yeah, exactly. And it's like not not many guys can kind of pull that off. Just and it's not even like like they don't have to say anything. They can just walk into the ring, and you're just like, oh, man, like, mm-hmm. this is going to be bad. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's so good. Uh, our next contest I have is Stevie Richards with the Blue Meanie taking on El Puerto Ricano. Um, yeah. Any thoughts there? Mm, not at the moment. No, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm actually a big Stevie Richards fan. Uh, yeah, he's great. <laughs> yeah, his W stuff is good. Uh, but I I really love like Stevie Night Heat era Stevie Richards, um, and even his later WWE CW run. Big fan of Stevie Richards. Um, Blue Meanie, uh, not so much, not for me. But by all accounts, he's a really nice dude. So yeah, it's literally what I was. <laughs> I'm like I've I've gotten to meet him a couple times and he's always been so so super nice. I even got my my picture with him at King of Trios and stuff and he was just like take a couple. You never know if it's gonna like come out good the first time. I was like okay. Oh man, what a guy. Like he's so uh, nice. I take well, back like, everything I said. What, what's funny is like Stevie Richards is like right there. I'm like I don't want a picture with you. <laughs> I just want one of like, I felt like such a jerk. I'm like, no, it's, it's fine. Like, just this guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, I guess we'll move on to our next match then. Uh, we've got the Pitbulls, the originally named number one and number two, with Francine. Sup, Francine? Shoot my shot. Uh, taking on the Eliminators, Perry Saturn and John Cronus, with, yes, that Jason Knight. And uh, the Pitbulls are getting a W here. Pretty decent match. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of the Eliminators. I know that's really unpopular to say because they're one of those... They're like a ECW version of the Steiner Brothers, I feel like. Like, just this hard-hitting, fast-paced offense. Right. And the Pitbulls are kind of, like, two strong guys. I guess they're like an ECW version of Demolition. Yeah, for the most part. They're kind of like... They're sort of just brought in as, like, the enforcers... Yeah. And they sort of went off on their own a little bit. Yeah. So these are like two teams I really, you know, I'd say they're kind of not necessarily non preferred. So I'm just really indifferent about both of them. I, I think um, where we're at with this right now is they're both kind of enforcement teams still. Like they're still mm. viewed that way. Like Eliminators were brought in to fight for Jason. The Pitbulls have were brought in to fight. For. Was it Tommy Dreamer first? I can't even remember. I think they belonged to Jason at some point too. I don't know. They've been passed around. Whatever. But <laughs> <laughs> but they they're both just kind of like they neither t- 
team has much like personality or, or character of their own at this point. They're always just kind of like guarding other people. So it's kind of like it's hard to really like care about them yet because it's like you just don't really know who either team is. Yeah. And I mean, that will obviously change for the Eliminators because they're 96 and early 97. Like they really step it up and are one of the more promising acts of that time period and even gets uh, Saturn signed. Right, right. Um, next, we have the match that we alluded to earlier with Rey Mysterio Jr. defeating Psychosis in the famed Mexican death match. Um, I don't think this is a Dave Meltzer five-star match. I could be wrong, but this is a legendary contest. Um, Psychosis is possibly, I don't say possibly, I think he's one of the most underrated wrestlers of all time. Oh, yeah, I would agree with Just that. The guys that he was able to make millionaires is, I mean, I would think Juventud Guerrera and, um, and, of course, Rey Mysterio, like just those two alone, have made a ton of money because of psychosis and his ability to highlight and showcase people. Um, and this match is probably, at least in America, their best effort, I would think. Yeah, I would say so. I mean... Pretty much, I'm gonna agree with everything you said there because that's basically what I would have said. So that works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And of course, Rey Mysterio at this time, like he is riding the beginning of what is a career high that doesn't really start to dip until '98 or '99 until like his knees really start giving him problems. Right. Uh, he's, I mean, he is entering the height of his powers for the first time right here, and this is like right towards the middle of it, and I guess even closer to the beginning, but. He is he is that dude. He has the worldwide buzz. Um, he is an attraction. He is must watch, and Psychosis really does a great job of highlighting Rey Mysterio. Yeah, I don't, honestly don't think I had much of an appreciation for Rey Mysterio Jr. until I went back and started watching from this era. Because when I started watching, like really getting into wrestling was like 2005. Oh, okay. So it was kind of like he was there, but it was like WWE was still doing things that were kind of like. Like, everything was, I don't know, there, the, a lot of the matches were, like, just, like, oh, he's going to hit a 619, and then that's it. Like, it, right. there wasn't, like, a whole lot happening. Like, everything was still pretty, like, predictable. Yeah, even by 2005, Rey Mysterio had almost reinvented himself again, like, adaptability. He had adapted to the wwe size ring and the ropes and to his body for as many knee surgeries as he had had by that point with many more to come. Um but, like, Rey Mysterio Jr., the WCW version, the ECW version, uh, still don't know if, like, that has been touched to this day. Mm-hmm. Just a completely other, another level of innovation, but also innovation that, I don't want to bury anybody, but innovation <laughs> that makes sense. It's it's not contrived. Like, his stuff is just so clean and so natural, and it all makes sense. Right, right. And then, like we said, like, like, Every psychosis match that has gone on in ECW has been just fantastic. Like, he's just, he's one of those people that would be, I guess, good considered good enhancement talent, if you will. Because everybody that gets in the ring with psychosis looks so much better than they did when they weren't wrestling against him. Yeah, absolutely. 
absolutely, and he would take that over WCW as well. Um, I always, I, I always hate when people are put into that position, right? Because it's so hard for them to stand on their own, but they're so, so good, and it's like you want to see that talent like shine on its own, but it's like it's almost like they're never allowed to. Right. I mean, it, it, in wrestling, it's called the curse of being a good worker, like. Yeah. Tyson Kidd was a, was a wrestler like that, and mm-hmm. even, I think to a certain point, like Cesaro has gone oh, in definitely. that role in WWE, where yeah. like he is so good, best in the, like among the best in the world, if not the very best in the world. But he is so good at making other people who can't be that good alone on their ability look like they are. Right. And I mean that's psychosis here. Yeah, and I think I think with WWE, a lot of times it's not the talent that's going to pull you to the top; it's just the charisma. And it's like if you can get in good matches against guys like Cesaro and that people that can make you look better in the ring is just gonna elevate you that much more. But it's like as long as you have like the charisma and you can talk, like that's more like a bigger importance to the WWE style because it is entertainment. It is like good TV kind of thing. Right. They need that ability to kind of have that persona and a little bit of that acting ability to an extent because you're yeah, gonna have like more casual fans watching that aren't really gonna comprehend the wrestling itself absolutely like it, it's very much a tv show yes like, there and are it, certain characters who are designed to set up softball jokes for your favorite character to come in and hit his line mm-hmm. yeah it's it's I think a lot of people forget that with WWE and they get really upset about certain things that they don't really need to get upset about because it's like, it's just a TV show. <laughs> right. And like news for you, AEW will probably be there too because they're a TV product yeah. and ultimately you need TV stars. So like... Sometimes it's not going to be the best wrestler and right. that's and just if, how it is. If you want to see the best wrestlers succeed, go support local independent wrestling. Absolutely. Because that's probably the best avenue for that to happen. Um, but moving on. Uh, <laughs> Sa- we that sidetracked a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit. Um, next up in my results I have is the, I guess, kind of the winner-take-all match. Um, it's a tag team match for the ECW World Television Championship, the ECW World Tag Team Titles, and the winner becomes the number one contender to go on later and face uh, Mikey Whipwreck. Uh, yeah. Um, now, what this reminded me of was in September, the In Your House triple header, mm-hmm. um, where all the tag titles are on the line. And again, we have somebody not in the match coming in and being part of the match. Uh, with Bulldog replacing Owen to tag with Yoko going up against Sean and Diesel. Right. And a lot of times people say, oh, WWE and WCW stole from ECW. Well, this is blatant. This is very much them taking a WWF idea that literally was just taken out of the oven a month or two ago (laughs) and putting it on their television. Um, How do you feel about that? I always feel like, like, with ECW doing stuff like that, it's usually, like, on purpose and they don't care. <laughs> like, mm. they're just like, we're going to do it, and we're going to do it better, and we're going to do it our way, and we don't we don't care that it was done. Like, that's always, like, that always is kind of, like, their their attitude towards, like, the other shows, it seems. 
So I just, I kind of like, I don't expect them to like hide it. Like I bet, I feel like if it, they had been like, oh, you know, you're copying these people, they'd be like, yeah, we were. Like, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> like that, that's the ECW attitude. <laughs> yeah, no, perfectly said. Um, in this contest, we've got the Sandman going up. Uh, so Sandman will go on later and get his opportunity to take on Mikey Whipwreck for the ECW title. Finally, uh, a chance to get his title back. And again, he kind of uh, lucks into uh, right. this one as well. <laughs> right. He, the, he the, finds a diamond ring in the sand. <laughs> the lottery ticket floats to his feet. <laughs> yeah, he just... That's just the Sandman's way, man. He is. Uh, he's basically redneck honky tonk man. <laughs> he is. He is a more redneck version of the honky tonk man. Um, in my results, I have Axel Rotten defeating J.T. Smith. Mm-hmm. We've got a Bill Alfonso versus Todd Gordon match with Beulah McGillen Cuddy as the special guest referee. Bill Alfonso is up in that one. Um, do you have any thoughts about the Alfonso Gordon match? Uh, I think we'll get to it later. I do believe they recap it at some point, so yes, I can, I can dive into that another another time. Yes, we should say if you're unfamiliar with ECW, what they would do is they would take their what would be pay per view but isn't pay per view, but their large arena shows like in November to remember, and they would chop up those matches over the next two three weeks and put them on TV, um, and maybe not air the match in its entirety, but get seven or eight minutes out of it. At a time. Yeah, there's, um, a, there's always a lot of like rehashing with ECW in general. Like it's a, a lot of times you'll end up with something that's kind of almost more like clip shows, if you will. <laughs> right. ECW is basically a, an hour long infomercial and it's trying to get you to buy merchandise, VHS, or get you to go to the next arena show. Mm-hmm. Like that is ECW TV every week. It's an infomercial. Which I guess all wrestling kind of is, because its point is to get you to spend money and come back next week. But ECW specifically really operates like. Yeah, like if you want to see the rest of this match, you gotta buy like the the tape. You gotta come to the next show if you want to see this match because we won't be airing it. Like that kind of yeah thing all and, the time. <laughs> and and being uncensored and. Yes. Which is a, a big draw um, in 1995. Right? People saying bad words in public. Like, oh my um, goodness, how could they? How much will change in the next year? How many <laughs> Beulah panty shots do we get in one, <laughs> one episode? Way too many. Um, <laughs> we've got Mikey Whipwreck not taking on the Sandman, <laughs> but taking on Steve Austin. Ah, uh, yes. Classic. Uh, so Steve Austin... Beats down the Sandman during the Sandman's entrance and just hops in. Another example of ECW doing this. Just hops in the match and takes on Mikey Whipwreck for the ECW title. Because, you know, obviously he he gets a title shot for beating up the person who actually has a title shot. I mean, he defeated Sandman on the way to the ring. (laughs) So obviously he's better than the Sandman. So Sandman, no condition to compete. Uh... (laughs) But we talked a little bit earlier about Steve Austin and seeing the glimpses of the Stone Cold character and 
when this was happening, when he grabs a mic and he starts cutting a promo, I think I had looked down for a second to find the remote or, or do something. And I had, in my head, just automatically pictured Stone Cold Steve Austin. Mm-hmm. And I know that he is not Stone Cold Steve Austin in ECW 95. And then when I look up and I see the long blonde hair still, he's in my dad's muscle tank top. <laughs> I'm like, oh, right. Yes, like I knew this, but I was even just taken back for a second that it was not Austin 316 shirt, right. jean shorts, knee braces, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like, we're still somewhere between Stunning Steve Austin and Stone Cold Steve Austin. And you you see him, um, no, another shade is when he, he takes the, uh, the beard, starts guzzling it like Sandman, and it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, I've seen this before. <laughs> all right. Ah, right. uh, he might do it better. <laughs> um... But yeah, that's uh that's the Steve Austin Mikey Whipwreck development for the night. Uh, um, and and Mikey Whipwreck is up in. They're trying to say like he's he's upsetting people, but he's not fluke winning, which I mean there is a difference, and I feel like that is not done enough on television even today. Like you can have an upset without it being embarrassing. Right. And so much wrestling now is based on oh well so and so lost it's embarrassing and what ECW is trying to do is establish Mikey Whipwreck as an underdog. You mm-hmm. don't expect him to win, but he is winning. And sometimes he is lucking his way into into victories, but sometimes he's just applying a wrestling hold, a schoolboy or a small package or, or jumping off the top rope and doing something. Yeah, and the person might be in that situation because of luck, but he's defeating them. It's more that his opponents often underestimate him. Right. It's... And that's why he's the underdog. They look at him, they're like, no, like, this kid's not gonna, like, beat me. And they don't expect, like, actual wrestling from him. And it's like, I like that they, they kind of play it that way, because it's it does make it more believable. It doesn't make, it wouldn't make Steve Austin look bad to lose to, to Mikey Whipwreck, because he's not expecting Mikey to actually be a wrestler and Mikey's yeah. like, well, I can bring it. So, <laughs> absolutely. It's like, just be more prepared next time. <laughs> absolutely. Um, very well said. Um, we've got the, Sa- uh, excuse me, not Sandman, we've got Sabu. <laughs> and is this, I believe this is Sabu's return? <laughs> yes. He went away for like a minute and then there's like, oh, wait, I'm back. <laughs> right. Uh, he's in Japan or something. Paul he Hammond did. buries him. Did the the stint with WWE or WCW? W, uh, WCW. Yeah, and then yeah. he wasn't like on there. He was like on the the card for their pay per view, but then he wasn't there. And he was still in like the graphics, but he was already like, no, I'm going back to ECW. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like um, this isn't for me. Yeah. So Sabu's back. back. Yeah. <laughs> Sabu's back, and he's uh, he's taking on uh, Shaw Hack Myers. And uh, Sabu's up in that one. Uh, For some reason, and, I don't know why they would do that. Oh yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and uh, and Terry Funk and Tommy Dreamer are taking on Raven and Cactus Shack in your main event. Um, and this one is your typical wild ECW tag match without really tags. It's just four dudes fighting. Oh yeah, um, nonsense. 
<laughs> yeah, and it's just it's really just continuing the Raven and Tommy Dreamer storyline, which will be continued for ever. Yeah, and it gives Terry Funk and Cactus Jack a reason to do stupid things and pull each other's hair and fight, which they always seem down to do. Yeah, it's always a good time. Yeah, um, that is, unless you have anything else to add, that's your November to Remember from the year 1995. It works for me, because we'll be going Um. over it all again (laughs) in the next couple episodes. (laughs) We will. We'll see if, uh, if this is a sprint at all. Towards the end. So now we're moving to the uh, November 21st, 1995 episode of Extreme Championship Wrestling, Hardcore TV. Guess where it's from? Uh, Could it be the ECW arena? (laughs) You got it. You got it. Man, that was a good guess. (laughs) I think it's Uh, it's just called the the 2300 arena now, right? Yes, it is. So yeah, we're going to get our November to Remember highlights. In case you missed it when we talked about November to remember like two minutes ago. <laughs> so there's the the tag team match for the ECW World Television Championship, ECW World Tag Team Championship. Winner is the number one contender for the ECW World Heavyweight Championship. The Sandman with Woman and Two Cold Scorpio defeating the public enemy jo- Johnny Grunge and Rocco Rock. Do you remember this? Uh, vaguely. <laughs> <laughs> Did this this happen? This uh, this was a thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, we get we get that match. Um, and then we this on this episode they do the Mikey Whipwreck defeating Steve Austin mm-hmm. as well. Um, I feel like there was more than what I have listed. Do you have any other matches listed? Um. That's kind of it for the matches. I mean, I know they show Sabu returning to ECW at the end. Okay. And we it's also just, got a, a Raven it, promo. Yeah, it's mostly just recap. Um, I mean, we I, we forgot to mention that you do get to see Sandman dance in the, uh, <laughs> the Sandman match. is dancing. Which, Sandman has the one move that he goes to, and boy, does he use it. It's something. <laughs> Sandman just hitting the cabbage patch over and over again. I mean, um, but it, it works for him. Yeah, I mean, I don't really... I can't imagine Sandman doing much else. You're just surprised that he knows to do something? Yes, yeah. It's it's the same as freestyling. Like, if you can put together, like, four lines of freestyle, then you know how to freestyle. Like, you just need four good lines, and then you have the reputation of, oh, yo, that, that dude can freestyle. And nobody's gonna test you. <laughs> and that's what Sandman dancing is here. It's like, oh, he's got he's got that dance move. Yo, he does it really well. Okay, Sandman can dance. He's good. He's in. Yes, and and the the crowd loved it. It was great. It was a good time. And it and was, all it, was it. it was all good until uh, they let woman dance, and and then things got out of hand, <laughs> and fighting <laughs> ensued. But yeah. yeah the fighting ensues. Uh, we get Raven. Uh, hyping up uh, Ultimate Jeopardy. And then we do get the clip, very clip version of Sabu returning to ECW. Um, defeating Hack Myers. Um, but overall, it's just a big recap of November to Remember. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah, and if you weren't there live to, you know, don't suck and, and be there at the next, you know, the next event at the arena and, you know, eventually buy the tape and all that good stuff. 
Yeah, it's just it's a pretty decent like recap. They 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 do the next episode as well as another recap episode. They add like a little bit of other stuff in there, but for the most part, it's just like here here's some of what you miss, some of the the highlights from Re- November to Remember. If you can, if you would like to jump into November twenty eighth, we can go ahead and do that because yeah, it's, it's kind of more of the same. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, looking something up here for a second. Uh, I'm trying to find out who this person is. Um, who are you looking up? Tell us. <laughs> okay. Um, t- so, uh, because we see footage of uh, eventually Stone Cold Steve Austin on the phone, mm-hmm. and he's upset that somebody has his number. Uh, I believe that being Lance, right? But. Um, I don't want to jump ahead too much, but uh, you want us to lead us, lead us off with November 28th? Sure. We got another right. November to Remember highlight episode. Um, single special referee match with referee Beulah McGillicuddy, uh, Bill Alfonso defeating Ted Gordon. Singles match for the ECW World Heavyweight Championship, Mikey Whipwreck defeating Rey Mysterio Jr. And single special referee match, referee Taz uh, Conan defeating Jason. So he starts off again with like, "Hey, Sabu's back. Remember him? <laughs> <laughs> he, he he's back this guy. still. Again, he left for a minute. Remember that? But he's back now, and it's all good. And there's like a lot of uh, Joey Styles getting sad that Taz is is mean now. Right. Like, were they boys or something secretly? Like, no, they weren't. So I don't know why he's so torn up about this, but... He looked up to him, man. That was his hero. <laughs> Taz was like his, like, wrestle dad. <laughs> his wrestler brother. <laughs> but, but... but Taz is all butthurt because the fans were, like, not with him when he was out with his neck injury. They, like, didn't care. They are just like, who's Taz? Like, forget him. Because it was so easy to follow wrestlers back in 1995 <laughs> <laughs> with with Twitter and Facebook and, and Instagram. Yeah. But, Do we even we even have had like MySpace? What would we had back then? Oh, I don't even know. I, AOL I, chat rooms? E- yeah, chat rooms. <laughs> like chat rooms and, and emails. Yeah. I, I mean, was, I think that's about it. Was Taz on AOL Instant Messenger? We just didn't know. Like, should we have been like emailing him? <laughs> Good question. Let's do uh, a <laughs> Taz, do fans have a way to reach you uh, in 1995 during your neck injury? It's very it's like, very yeah, brother, I was on AOL chat waiting all day. <laughs> Red Hook Rocket 95. <laughs> Maybe we could have sent him cards to a P.O. box. I'm not sure. It's, it's gonna, possible. Yeah. I'm sure that would have ended. I'm sure that would have ended up with uh, you not receiving mail from ECW at all. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you cover the matches. Uh, it's just more matches from November to remember. Uh, the main angle developments and notes that we have coming out from that show is, I mean, Whipwreck and Rey Mysterio, mm-hmm. and and Mikey praising Rey Mysterio, and uh, we get another awesome promo and. And talk about how he's gonna he's gonna leave his champion next time he has a shot. And um, I mean, oh, we got Shane Douglas being mentioned. <laughs> and your your uh, love of Shane Douglas. 
Sorry, yeah. Bobby. This is gonna <laughs> hurt. This is gonna hurt. But if curse words didn't exist, Shane Douglas would not be a good promo. From the evidence that I have. Because he is either cursing or about to curse. And that is the only thing that like keeps you on the edge of your seat during a Shane Douglas promo. That's how I feel. <laughs> like, he speaks loudly. He over-enunciates. He's just a loud version of wrestling's like Michael Buble. It doesn't work for me. But some people are into that. I'm going to say no comment. <laughs> Sorry to all Michael Buble fans. Now, what's a Michael Buble? Uh, uh, he is a, <laughs> he's like a mom singer. Like moms like him a lot. He over enunciates. Apparently um, not all moms. Jeez. Not all moms. <laughs> in general. Okay. Uh, but yeah. Is uh, he like one of those old, like, old-timey crooner-style guys? Yeah, exactly, yeah. He's like a young guy, but he sings like he's in the 1950s or 60s. And like, oh, he's like Frank Sinatra, because that's the only person people know to compare him to. Like, that's all. Um, he is yeah, no yeah. Frank Sinatra. Uh, to quote George of the Jungle, I know Jane Goodall, and you are no Jane Goodall. Wow, we're dated. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> Just a little bit. Uh, well, I guess we, it is the 90s. So. Yeah, it's, fine. Um, it's fine. But yeah, getting back to uh, actual wrestling stuff. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about the, the Bill Alfonso versus Todd Gordon match if you will Mm -hmm. I don't know what you would call it Um, was this common at this point I don't I feel like officials fighting was more of like an ECW thing I don't remember seeing it previously yeah like the the heel referee was something in my opinion like Bret Hart brought to American wrestling Okay. Um, I really can't think of the evil referee character before Danny Davis. And I'm pretty sure like it's a Bret Hart idea. Okay. And that happens in 80, starts to happen in 86 and plays out in 87 mostly. Gotcha. Um, And so they just kind of take the heel referee and go a different route with it in ECW almost 10 years later. Because I feel like I haven't seen a whole lot of like non wrestlers fighting outside of, ECW at this point. Mm. And like, um, but like later on, I feel like that happens fairly regularly. <laughs> yeah. Like you'll have like random celebrities on and random like feuds between referees or commentators or whatever. And it's like, it's always kind of odd to see people who are not actually like wrestlers like wrestling. Yeah, it like it kind of breaks it up nicely and adds a sense of like realism to a degree because it's like obviously these guys aren't wrestlers, so they're kind of gonna like like what are they gonna do? Yeah, like they're (laughs) gonna be in a wrestling ring though, right? And like they have to figure it out. And again, like when WWF or WCW tries this, it's like 
it's either like that sucked or it was that was better than I thought it was going to be. But it's yeah. never I feel like it's never I really enjoyed that. Yeah, no, it's not going to be that. It's more like it's it's like you know it's going to be terrible or it's going to be terribly funny. Right. It's not like it's not going to be a good match. There's no way. <laughs> Unless yeah, they're and... like people that secretly had been trained and nobody knew. But... Yeah, and like ECW takes that approach and they understand that and then they fully accept it and everybody just loves what's happening so much because they're dialed into like, hey, this isn't going to be a technical masterpiece and maybe not be great storytelling, but like you're so invested and then the, the characters are doing their part so well that's like, wow, like that was actually really good storytelling and I re- I did really enjoy that. Like, ECW is the only place I can think of where, like, they have these angles going on with non-wrestlers, mm-hmm. and it's actually good, and the matches are actually good, and yeah, the outcome and, is actually good. And, and it works It works so well, too, having that kind of, like, hardcore, like, basis. It's like, they can pretty much do anything, so a lot of, like, the wrestling matches aren't always wrestling anyway. That A lot of times they end up in kind of, like, a brawl situation, so it fits in that realm, and yes. then the fact that Bill Alfonso is so easy to hate. Like, my goodness. <laughs> it's like, I think everybody just wanted to see him bloodied, and we're so excited yeah. to just see him get the crap beat out of him. Like, he did his job really well. <laughs> he really did. Um, and I, I don't know all the backstory. I know that there was talks like, him being kicked out of ECW at one point and um, supposedly the match he has with Buell McGillicuddy in a few years, like, quote-unquote, saves his job and all this other stuff. So I don't know if he wasn't really that welcomed in ECW. Mm-hmm. Um, but, man, he was really important on screen for a few years. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he... He did it, like, like I said, he did his job well. Like, you hated him he was annoying he kept trying to bring like rules into the chaos and it's like everybody yeah. their chaos and it's like no you gotta like follow the rules and regulations and like nobody wants that yeah like it's, yeah, it's about the athletic so commission and... yeah like my goodness it was good it was good stuff it's, yeah. it's probably some of my favorite like storytelling within ecw at this point because it's just like I, I usually am one of those people that, like, I'm going to love the heel. Because I love heel tactics. I like seeing people cheat to win. Yeah, bad stuff's fun. It's incredibly enjoyable. Bill right. Alfonso, I want to see him get his face smashed in, like, every <laughs> episode. Like, he's so good at it. <laughs> well, and we even see uh, Bill Alfonso now making some rounds for AIW. So that's pretty cool to see, and hopefully we see more of Bill Alfonso on the independent scene. Um, just because there's not there's not a ton of ECW guys left. Like, unfortunately, they've all passed on, um, or they're hard to get a hold of, or they're out of the business altogether. But Bill Alfonso is one of those guys who's still around, and he's seen and, and done a lot of stuff in the wrestling business. Like, he's, he's almost like a library. Like, you don't want to lose that library. Right. And, and, like, he has so much knowledge, and and there's so much nostalgia attached with ECW. Like, we actually have this person still able to go out and perform. So good on AIW and any other companies that can bring in Bill Alfonso. You'll definitely, uh, you'll definitely catch my eye. 
Um, it's so good. And anything now, else? Now he he has a uh, Taz as his bodyguard, so he can. Yeah. He's got his open challenge going, so we'll we'll see where that leads next month, I guess. Yeah, and this is a definite like bump up the card for Taz because before the neck injury, like he's in the mid card, mm-hmm. maybe upper mid card, comes back from the neck injury, and he's in the mid card. But uh, you align him with Bill Alfonso, and he becomes a top heel act. Yes, and the, the thing with him and Joey Styles just like cracks me up. Like Joey Styles is so upset. I like, can't I, imagine like he'd be so upset and not get choked out by Taz at this point. <laughs> like, uh, I think Taz just tells him to shut up and like grow up. <laughs> <laughs> like, knock it off, kid. <laughs> It's, so good. It's, it does remind me of like uh like two brothers and the yes. one brother being Taz <laughs> has like decided not to go to college right out of high school. Like, but, as he like, started working like eight hour Taz. shifts on second shift. <laughs> <laughs> right. And he started smoking and picking up like a drinking habit and and Joey Styles is just the disappointed little brother. And and Taz is just getting in fights with his parents and being disrespectful and coming home at all hours of the night, worrying his poor mother, and and yay, grow up. <laughs> so good. I'm an adult now. Oh, I love Taz. He's on he's on the Twitter. You can follow him there. Um, I forget his. Majority. He is. He is on the Twitter. He's he's a decent follow. Yeah, I don't know. At official Taz probably with two Z's hopefully. <laughs> I'm guessing that's his Twitter. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is, but, this is only, not how we do Twitter. Come on now. Uh, the only thing I note in this okay, episode it's a, is... It's an official test. <laughs> onesie. With two, onesie. Oh, onesie. onesie. Oh, <laughs> oh, it was close. <laughs> I was close. That, that um, was a really good guess. Thank you. Um... Uh, <laughs> The only other thing on this episode uh, that's also pumped up is the uh, the uh, not double Jeopardy that's WCW um, the Ultimate Jeopardy match mm-hmm. um, and like this is where my knowledge of ECW like kind of dips like I still fully don't understand everything about this match like there's so many moving parts oh my gosh, that for yeah. me and my WWE and WCW mind like. I can't comprehend more than like two things happening in a match. Like it's just too many scenarios. It's the elevator pitch and like we're only going to the second floor and we're on the first floor. Like there is just too much stuff to pitch for me to understand like who gets what, who's going and what. Like Stevie Richards, I have here in my notes, Stevie Richards, if he loses ultimate jeopardy, then he has to wrestle like Tommy Dreamer and the Pitbulls and Public Enemy all by himself. Yes. Is that correct? Yeah, he has to, like, take on everybody, basically. Okay. Now, Public Enemy have to face each other if they lose Ultimate Jeopardy. Is that correct? Maybe? That, uh... I, hmm, maybe? <laughs> that, that... I'm not sure. Okay. And, like, Public Enemy also... I don't have it in my notes for some reason. They they just say stuff in their promos, and I don't know, like, are they joking or are they serious? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like, I don't know if that's an actual stipulation or if that's just them, like, being goofy and being public enemy. Um, 
And um, we hear from Cactus Jack again, and uh, Bubba Ray and Beulah have a little bit together. Um, and supposedly uh, Beulah and Bubba Ray are going to go shack up. Um, yeah, whatever. That's, the, yeah, that's, that's, that's it. The Beulah thing, I guess. And I then Tommy thing. and Raven have a hair versus Beulah matchup of some kind. <laughs> I, 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 Raven has to lose his... I don't know. Somebody, somebody's losing his hair, somebody's losing Beulah, things happen. <laughs> we'll, we'll find out next month. There's so much going on with, like, EZW sometimes. It's like, I I take notes, I'm looking at Bobby's notes, and I'm just, like, still not sure what we're going to be seeing next month. Yeah. It's just going to be probably a lot of chaos. Uh, I bet there will be some some feuding with... Raven and Tommy Dreamer and about a million people getting involved for all kinds of reasons. Uh, you mentioning that there might be a hair versus like rights to a lady match. Yeah. Reminds me of, have you seen Parks and Rec? Yes. It reminds me of, I think it's in season two where Andy is trying to get Anne back. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so Andy challenges Mark to a, a pool contest (laughs) (laughs) and Andy just keeps losing game after game after game to Mark and keeps going double or nothing triple or nothing and then finally he goes okay like uh you know you you get the money if you win but I get Ann back like if I win and then Mark like scratches and gets the eight ball in and Andy lucks his way into a win and like actually expects to like (laughs) get back (laughs) with Ann (laughs) you can't just win people it's not how it works yeah that's such a weirdly common theme in wrestling in the 90s like i don't know how many like like oh i get this this person if i win this match or i get a date with this person or like how does this happen and they're just like okay (laughs) and again like this is happening on the other channel like yeah. On the Turner family, this is happening with like DDP and yeah. uh, Johnny B. Bad and Kimberly. Like uh, this exact thing. Even before that, I think uh, Dave Sullivan won a date. Yes. With her. Like, yeah, earlier. Right. Like, like this exact just... situation is playing out. And and this was such a common theme within the like '90s to early 2000s that it's like yeah. you didn't even really like second guess it like even going back and watching it i'm just like oh yeah this is normal this is what happens in in the 90s people win women (laughs) right like i feel like we finally got away from that in the mid 2000s like i can only think of like tess stacy and scott steiner doing that angle Mm -hmm. and then maybe a little bit with like kane and lita and matt hardy yeah (laughs) but like i think after that it was like okay like we're done we're ready to move on like People yeah. are not possessions. You can't just win them. <laughs> uh, so weird. But right. it, it, like, uh-huh. it, it kind of worked for TV because it was so funny and weird and ludicrous that it's yes. like, okay, like, that's what happens, I guess. Like, it's not... I don't remember it ever being, like, a believable scenario so much as just, like, okay, this is just 
utter nonsense. Right. It's it's a storyline <laughs> to occupy my time and interest in this yeah. two hour program. Yeah, there um, there have definitely been worse storylines. <laughs> not many, but there have been. Katie Vick. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> I was kinda of disappointed they dropped it because I was really interested in like uh Kane's background. Oh uh, yeah, no, I could see that. Yeah, because I'm a big Kane fan, so like. Yeah, he's. Oh, I love Kane. He's yeah, so like dropped. Yeah, <laughs> like obviously dropped for very legitimate reasons. <laughs> However, what what's like, great is like I had stopped watching wrestling for a period of time because uh, the guy I was dating at the time, his uh, aunt is Sunny. And he oh, hated okay. wrestling because of this. Okay. Like, he loved his aunt, but he hated how people, like, would talk about her. Okay. Like, when he was in All high right. school and stuff, so he was like... Oh, yeah, that's gotta be so, challenging. Yeah, wrestling was not permitted to be watched, so I, uh, decided to, to see what all the fuss was about one day when he was, like, working... And I happened to tune in on the Katie Vick episode. Oh my! <laughs> and I hadn't really like watched wrestling since like the '90s, like early '90s. Oh man! And I was like, "What the crap is going on?" <laughs> <laughs> this uh, is no Dungeon of Doom. It it was. Uh well, I didn't watch wrestling again until like 2004. So. <laughs> wow. I just kind of was like. Yeah, yeah. Enough of that. <laughs> um, there, there's a saying I like in, in wrestling. It's not said often enough. Every show you're on, every wrestling show, is somebody's either first show or first show back in a long time. Mm-hmm. And to just always keep that in mind for anything that is on a wrestling show. Right. Yeah. And yeah. that's a perfect and- example. Definitely something like if you're you're working behind the scenes, creative, booking wise, whatever. Like, definitely, definitely keep that in mind because it can really, really screw up somebody's perception of what wrestling is <laughs> for a right. very long time. Yeah, it, it took me many years to to come back. Uh, what got you back in in 2004? Uh, well, my husband was actually a big wrestling fan. So I started watching with him, and uh, I saw Jericho, and I was like, "Oh, okay, this dude's amazing!" Like, okay, I can get into this again. Like, and then uh, I start watching like like him and like the Hardy Boys and like all that type of stuff, and I was just got got sucked back in. And then, as I do with everything I'm interested in, went way overboard. <laughs> And just had to learn everything I could about it. So here we are. <laughs> there you go. Still learning though. There's not. There you go. You can't. You can't stop learning about wrestling. It's like endless. It it really is endless. There's always something new to observe or notice. Or by the time you get around to something, you've forgotten something and you re-remember it. Yeah, and I'm not. I'm not particularly good at remembering like names of maneuvers and stuff like that. But when it comes to like the business end of things and the the booking and storytelling and stuff like that's where I'm like, that's my fascination, I guess more so sure. than that. Like I love the in-ring work, but it's like the, my focus is the other stuff, I guess you would say. Right. Cause the moves don't draw you back. The, 
the moves are part of the story, but overall mm-hmm. it's the story that you're interested in. And that's what, that's what gets people coming back and get, gets people tuning in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's definitely the part that I'm interested in working on myself. And that's kind of what I'm heading towards, I guess, to a certain degree, <laughs> hopefully. maybe. Yeah. <laughs> if yeah, anyone well, likes uh, my ideas and they, they actually get used, we'll see. Well, I hope so. Uh, I hope so because I, I think you have a lot to offer, and um, I, I definitely there's there's not enough um, female perspective being used in professional wrestling. Um, not necessarily just to be like, oh, you're a girl, so you deserve to get a job because oh, that's the yeah, thing. No, it's you need that alternate perspective because it's like absolutely like guys can write women characters, sure, but it's like, can you write a female character that's not going to be your, like, damsel in distress type character or, like, your diva type character. Like, it's... Right. I don't know. I try to write myself, I guess, into things. <laughs> oh, sure. It's like, it's like, that's not who I would have been drawn to as a kid. Like, that's right. what I try to think of it. Like, who would my younger self have been like, oh, man, I want to be, like, this person. Absolutely. So... We'll see. We'll see how things go. But yeah, I mean, that was all of ECW for November. Yeah, that was it. Quick watch, uh, about 44, 45 minutes an episode, and a lot of it is, I wouldn't say skippable, but if you've seen November to Remember, uh, then you've seen the last two, two episodes. episodes. Yeah, exactly. Like, you don't really have to catch them unless you want to see some of the promos and some of the stuff leading up to, to December. Yeah. But overall... That is it, and I guess uh, where where can we find you out in uh, in the future? Yeah, uh, you give me a follow uh, at Boards War on the Twitter machine, and also over at the Instagram machine, the Instagram Factory. Uh, and you can catch me live and in Living Color, December twenty seventh, Silver Spring, Maryland, uh, at the Black Box. I think that's what's called Black Box Theater uh, for Flying V fights. Uh, they present hardest part of the ring. Uh, which I will not ever be bumping on. <laughs> uh, um, but I will be going up against uh, one world-traveled Alexander James. Uh, he's a big dude. Not as big as me, but he's a pretty big dude and uh, very technically proficient, uh, but also very strong. So looking forward to that challenge. We've wrestled one time before, but not for Flying V. So uh, looking forward to going out there, doing a thing for f- Flying V fights and uh Jason, he just puts on a fantastic uh, show, uh, an event, I should say. Um, and there's going to be a whole bunch of talent on that show, excuse me, event as well. Uh, you're going to have Warhorse, who is having a very strong 2019, and more people are finding out about him. And you've also got Ophidian, who's having a, a really big 2019. They're going to be going at it. Um, can't remember yeah, the rest of the card. Their, their work on uh, Twitter so far has been freaking hilarious <laughs> yeah a lot a, a lot of content out there not to like. compliment the snake boy if he's listening but, but if, if, if you like if you it. like twitter content <laughs> it's there um but yeah there, there's going to be a bunch of other matches uh there's going to be some shikara people that you may be familiar with or old faces from shikara uh in a new setting there's going to be some talent from the uh the kind of ignored i'd say or, or underestimated virginia and maryland scene the East Coast scene, uh, kind of that mid-Atlantic territory um, that really doesn't get too much of a showcase. I feel that's either all 
uh, southern Midwest or or northern yeah, exposure. Definitely. <clears throat> uh, That's a good show. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I said it as I was thinking. I'm like, gosh, northern exposure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's gonna be a bunch of new talent that you can get yourself familiarized with, and it will be streamed uh, on Jerry TV. I mean, independent wrestling TV. Uh, so go give that a check out as well. Um, and I don't know, enter a promo code. I'm sure it's get some days free or something. I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's a thing. Uh, enter bore and see what happens. I don't think anything happens, but if no, not, you actually have to pay more. Oh, that's how that works. <laughs> that's how that works. And none of it goes to me either. So maybe don't do that. Um, but that's all I got for, uh, 2019 and, uh, just looking forward to 2020 and getting out there and, uh, going where I'm wanted and going to, uh, wrestle for crowds that want to see me. And, um, just having some fun. Sounds good. Uh, what about for you? Uh, well, all I got coming up on the 27th is uh, the the next uh, Let's Hang Out event with the LVAC. I'm going to just be there in the audience. So if you're in the Lehigh Valley and looking for something to do, get there early because they almost always sell out. Oh, Absolutely. It's gonna be a good time. They got, you know, like the Batiri's gonna be there and Orange Cassidy, that, mm-hmm. that Dan Champion guy. <laughs> Dan Champ will be in the house. Uh, they have uh, live music as well. Yes. We'll be there after the event. Oh, about it's about 15 minutes after the wrestling event. Yeah, and, and Ultraman is black, of course. We'll of be course, there. uh, there's a, I think it's a TLC match. Between yes. uh, Dasher Hatfield and yeah, I'm I'm uh, assuming either the tables, ladders, or chairs is gonna win. I'm pretty ooh, sure that's how mm, those work. I think so. <laughs> I, I'm voting for ta- tables is gonna win. I was gonna say tables as well. Yeah, tables is winning that one. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I can't say enough good things about um, LVAC as well, and just how they've treated me, and I've seen them treat everyone else uh, with such respect and. I wish I could be at two places at one time, but I can't, so I'll be uh, down with Flying V fights. But if I wasn't there, I would 100% be at the LVAC for Let's Hang Out because they are shows that are getting more buzz, and I kind of hate that because more people want to come work, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which makes it harder to get a spot on those those events. Yes. But uh, that's a good thing. It's, it's yeah, growing. It's and such a good time. And it's, yeah. it's an interesting mix because it's not – you're not going to just get wrestling fans. You're going to get, like, this, like, punk kid scene and all these uh, people that are there, you know, more for the bands than for the, the wrestling. and Absolutely. And some, some drunken idiots, but, you know, that's every Yeah, show. that happens. Uh, <laughs> just ignore and, and them. <laughs> the, the crowd is one of my favorite things because they're not there to necessarily – go crazy over an apron bump because they really don't care. They're there for interaction and they're there for fun and they're there for simple storytelling as they remember it from their childhood. And that's what I love about that place. It's definitely just a fun time. You're not going to see people get on Twitter afterwards and and complain about how some wrestler wasn't technically doing whatever. Like it's, it's not that kind of a show. Right. It, it, you will not. See, <laughs> so, you probably will not see a five star match, but you will have a six star experience. Yes, precisely. And and like I said, I I will be there in the crowd, so I'm gonna be extra festive with my my green hair and and red Christmas gear. So. 
oh, it's great. I should probably put some Christmas lights on uh, my attire and see how that there plays out. But yeah, you got you got to go festive. Yeah. There's there's no other time to do it, man. Like, I, come out I, with some I, I dyed my hair green just for Christmas. Like this is how how Christmas crazy I'm going this year. I will probably dye it a different color within the next couple months, <laughs> but right now I I even was like I'm like I need it pine green. Like make my hair look like a Christmas tree. Like that's what I want. Grinch green, got it. <laughs> Yeah, um, so good times coming up. Uh, yeah. follow, follow the boar. And I guess that's it, everyone, right? Uh, yeah, that, that yeah, wraps it up for uh, ECW TV. Thanks for checking us out. Hope, uh, you, hope you enjoyed the show. Yeah, Bobby, feel better. Please, please soon. I think we did okay. Yeah, we didn't crash a car, I don't think. Yeah, no, we're fine. Might be... Might be some tire tracks, but <laughs> I don't I don't think I don't think we crash a car. I think it's back in one piece. Alright. 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 Thanks everybody. <laughs> Have a good night. And I think it recorded, I hope. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> hope so. Uh, that if not, matter. good practice run through. Yeah, yeah. We'll just do it again. What is today's date? Uh, the 20th. Okay, let me see. Oh my gosh, I don't know. I'm so bad at tech. Saying it's recording. What is this nonsense? Okay. No, go away. <laughs> sorry. I'm, like talking to my computer. I'm so sorry. That's fine. I'm not sure. I've done this like so many times before. And now I can't figure out how it works because I'm dumb. Just being challenged, that's all. Why is it not? I was a hell of a handicapper, I can tell you that. I had it down so good that I ran paradise on earth. I had one of the biggest casinos in Las Vegas to run for Tangiers. You know, if I did it, I'd have to run it my way. Nobody's gonna interfere with you running the casino, I guarantee you. Vicky, you're a guy. Make a lot of money for us, or so keep a good eye on it. All right. Look at this place, it's made of money. What do you think about me moving out here? I just gotta tell you, it's no joke out here. You gotta keep a low profile. Right off the bat, they don't like guys like us. Oh! Oh! You like your money a lot, yes, don't you? Yes, a lot. Don't you? Settle down. I want a family. You got the wrong girl. You'll be set up for the rest of your life. You don't know me. What do you know me? Two, three months. They had it all. They ran the show, and it was paradise while it lasted. Frankie!
They found a guy's head in the desert. That's no good. We got a problem. He doesn't listen to me. Maybe he should get lost for a while. Take a vacation. Can't make it any clearer, Sam. I would just get out. I tried to do everything for you, even though I knew deep down inside you would bury me. I buried you. You buried yourself. I have to be able to trust you with my life. Can I trust you? Can I trust you? I will go to the FBI. I will go to the police. I am not protecting you anymore. You want me to get out of my own town? You only exist out here because of me. He's a loose cannon. No!